quit wasting time not failing. That's what you're doing when you're not doing anything, but expect to learn everything before you even try. Have you guys ever heard this one? Just wanted to share. Early in the morning at 8 o'clock, you can hear the postman knock. Up jumps Ella to open the door. One letter, two letter, three letter, four. Hey queens. Yeah, you. You know who you are. God, come on. Go ahead and put that crown on your head. Now tilt a little to the left. Now a little to the right. Perfect. Now let's get to work. Because we know you got big goals. And you got big dreams and not afraid to let them know. Why? Because you step into your purpose. You speak out on your faith. And you shift up in your journey. Because you a boss. Welcome to the podcast, Drop the Expiring Act with your host, Veli of QueenBayGoals.com. Reminding you that you are a queen before anything else. It's your life and your goals. Make it royal. Alright y'all, go ahead and work that crown. Hey Queen Bays, yes, you're listening to the right podcast. This is still the Drop the Inspired Act podcast with your host Belly and what you just heard in the intro was a little bit of a jump rope or a skipping rope rhyme that I had never heard before, so I wanted to share it. And we'll get into, you know, why I I did that um jump rope, skip rope thing. In a, in a minute, um, <laughs> you may be more familiar with rhymes like teddy bear, teddy bear, turn around. Y'all know, y'all know all the skipping rope rhymes. Um, but that one I had never heard before, so I just wanted to share it. But why are we talking about jump rope and skipping ropes, right? Well, this week's episode is all about failing fast and learning fast, right? It's all about that mindset that you have around failure. Last week, we talked about how you can begin shifting that mindset by changing the things that you believe about failure. And I gave you four new failure beliefs that you can try. You can say them as affirmations or start changing that narrative in your head and start changing what you believe about failure. That's the first place that you start. Y'all know how I go with the goal, guys, right? First, it's always find your faith first. And this week is GG number two, goal guide number two, and that's mastering your mindset right? If you're an OG listener, you already know. (laughs) If you're not, go back to um, season one where I talked about, you know, all the different goals, guys. But right now we're talking about goal guide number two as it relates to failure. So first, it's about understanding what you believe in changing the narrative. Find your faith first. Um, Then it's about changing that mindset, shifting that mindset now that you have those new beliefs around failure. And now that we've begun the work on changing that dialogue in our self-talk, now it's all about mastering your mindset to go with it. And one of those concepts, especially when it comes to failure, is something that they call failing fast. Now, failing fast is not a new concept, right? I didn't come up with it. Um, It's been credited a lot of times to our podcast quote provider from last week, Thomas Edison, and his quote is, you know, fail fast, fail often. But I don't know that I agree with the fail fast, face often part because in my mind, if you're failing fast and you're failing often, you're not doing something right. 
right? Because if you're failing fast and you're failing often, that means you're not stopping long enough to learn the lesson if you're failing so many times continuously after the first failure. So that's why I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. It's not fail fast, fail often for me. (laughs) It's for me, it's fail fast, learn fast. Because like I said in the last episode, part of failure means learning from that failure so that you can move forward, right? So that you can, you know, push through it and get past, get the lesson, you know, understand what it was that went wrong, understand what you can do better, and then you do it better going forward. So it's fail fast, learn fast for me. But what does that really mean, right? So let me start in tech. Um, y'all know my background is in IT. I have um, a bachelor's and a master's in CIS. I daylight as a project manager, a technical virtual assistant. You know, you can check out my website, Outsource Mondays, if you need to learn more. That's a shameless plug, y'all. So outsourcemondays.com if you're looking for a VA. But anyways, in tech, um, which is my background, you know, one of the methods that is preferred um or probably by a lot of developers especially, is, you know, quickly moving into production with the things that you have just put into development. And here's why, right? The faster you move into production, you can catch bugs that exist that you could not have found in a testing environment because testing environments a lot of times are so safe that they're not really like production environments. So you want to get things in production as quickly as possible instead of wasting time in a testing environment because you want to see what it really reacts to, right? You want to see how it really works. You want to really catch those bugs. And in tech, a lot of times we want to catch those bugs early because it's a lot cheaper, right? We save a lot of money when we catch those bugs early than if we, you know, waste more time in a test environment, continue to test, 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 test. All that time that's wasted, then you finally put it into production, then you see all these bugs out there that you could have caught weeks ago, right? So that's one of the concepts that they use or or some developers like to use because they want to catch those things fast. Because as you catch those things fast, you save more money, right? You save more time and you're not wasting time. Well, not that you're wasting time, but you're not spending so much time in the test environment where it's really safe, right? And where you're really not going to hit into all of those things that are really going to cause like something to go wrong as you would in a production environment, right? So that's why a lot of them like that concept. Not everybody likes it. I can tell you project managers don't like it. (laughs) I'm a project manager. I can tell you I didn't like it Um, because I, I, I want you to really test it before it goes into production. But I understand See, here's the thing. I understand the value of, you know, putting it into production faster. I understand that, but I still think that things need to be tested at least a little bit before they go into production. But I'm going to get off the project manager soapbox (laughs) and stick to the lesson. Fail fast, learn fast. All right. So an example, another example that I want to talk about if you're not really into tech or you don't have a tech background. Imagine if you were writing a book, right? You wanted to put a book out into the world. And you wanted to see how the market would react to it. You have a couple options, right? One of your options could be getting beta readers, getting feedback from those readers, going back and editing it based on the feedback that you get from those readers. And then, you know, going through the process all over again until you get a product that you really like. And then you put it out into the world, right? But what happens when you go through all of that? And you put it out into the world and the world still doesn't like it, right? <laughs> you know how much time you could have saved if you had just put it out into the world the first time. Like 
all the time that you could have saved once you had put it out into the world the first time and then really start getting that market feedback, that market research, those analytics after you've already put it out there, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that getting beta readers, getting reviews, um, having them, having somebody look over your book, like having the editor go through the process. I'm not saying skip all that, right? What I'm saying is in the concept of failing fast, learning fast, it's putting stuff out there sooner, right? Not using the, the beta test, the beta readings and the, the reviews and the re-editing. If you're not using that process as an excuse to not publish your stuff, like if you're really doing it and you have a real strategy, then um, it can definitely work. But if you're just doing it to stall, you actually publishing your book, mm-mm-mm. That's not going to work, right? So that's part of failing fast, learning fast. And I know like some of the <laughs> some of the authors out there are looking at me like, but this is all the advice that the guru is telling you that you're supposed to do, right? Um, and I get it. I get it because I've published um, several books. Um, let me tell you, I published, let me talk about two books in particular, right? I published a children's book in 2019. I was first, so let me back up. And I said this, I think, in a previous episode. I've been writing since I was like in elementary school. Forever. <laughs> and a lot of people assume that, you know, once I grew up, that that's what I would do. And it wasn't something that I did because it was, you know, you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to get a job, and you're supposed to do all that stuff. So I did all that stuff. Um, and I had just pushed writing to the side. And then when I finally woke up and be like, I'm supposed to be writing. Like there are so many books around this house with things that I've written and I've put into books um, that I've just never published. And some of them are so good. And sometimes I get so mad when I read other books and I'm like, geez, I wrote that in my book years ago before I even read this thing. (laughs) And I get so mad at myself for that. But anyways, so I published my first children's book in 2019. One of the last things that I was um, holding onto because I couldn't find an illustrator from the place that I'm from. Um, I couldn't find an illustrator. I kept, you know, DMing all these people, finding people who had um, social medias that said they do illustration. And then it's like a whole runaround thing. Um, I said, you know what? I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not having any excuses on why I'm not putting it out there. And I just put it out there. I did the illustrations in the book myself. I can't draw for nothing. Um, (laughs) So I did my interpretation of illustrations for that book because it was not, I'm not going to put it out there. It's I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to get the feedback. And if I have to go back and edit it, then I'll go back and edit it. Or I'll go back and come out with a, a volume two or a version two of the same book because, you know, you can, right? There's no, nothing out there that says that you can't. Um, I did that, right? For that book, Amazon is still sending me checks today. <laughs> um, I just checked the other day. I'm still getting checks on that book. Um, so it's still selling. People are still buying it. People don't care whether or not I had a professional illustrator put the designs in there because the way that I designed the book, I designed it in a way that it was an educational experience for children and people are are catching on to that in the way that I did the illustrations in the book. Now, in my second book for that same series, I'm still looking for an illustrator again, but I I now have those analytics since I've put it into market, right? So that was me trying to go forward and if I, I fail fast and I learn fast, right? 
because there's another book that I put out for a different brand that I have at the beginning of the year. Didn't sell a lot. Got feedback from the people who did buy the book. So now I know, okay, these are the things that I need to change if I want to do this type of book again. And these are the, this is the feedback that I got from the market that's out there. So I said all that to say, <laughs> you know, the book example that I'm giving, I'm not saying it because it's just something good to say. I'm saying it because I've really tried it, right? I've done it with two books now where I've just pushed it out there and let it be. You know, one was a success and one wasn't. And I've learned from both. And I'm saying that you can too. So let me give another example for those who are not authors and are still like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> what is this feel fast, learn fast stuff? What is she talking about? I'm not an author. I'm not writing a book. Okay, different example. What if you had a product that you wanted to send? Sell. Let's just say it's a perfume, right? You don't know if it's going to sell. You don't know if it smells great. You don't know if the women you want to market to will like it. So what are your options? You know, your options are putting it out there, selling a new perfume, testing the market, or staying in the lab, revisiting a formula over and over while you're not making any money, not getting any market feedback, not learning if there's something already out there that your potential clients prefer over your stuff. But here's what happens if you put it out there. If you have the mindset of fail fast, learn fast, right? You put it out into the market sooner, you start making money sooner, and if it doesn't sell, guess what? You start learning from that sooner, right? If that's a failure when you put it out there, you get to learn. If your customers or your target customers think the scent is too strong, right? Or they don't like your price point, or they don't like the bottle it comes in, right? The good thing about all that feedback is that you can go in, go back into your kitchen, go back into your lab, go back into wherever you created that, that perfume product, and you can use it to respond to this new feedback that you now have from the market, right? You can make it smell better. You can make the bottle cuter. You can make it more cost-friendly, you know, even by putting it into like those little two-liter bottles. Whatever it is that you need to do, you can now respond to it because you have those analytics, right? So that's the concept of failing fast, learning fast. You know, getting stuff out there sooner right? This is how we drop our aspiring acts, right? We stop saying, okay, well, I'm still researching, you know, how it is I'm supposed to start my business. I'm still researching, you know, whether or not I do an LLC or whether or not I do an S-Corp. I'm still researching, you know, how do I even get into acting? Like I'm still researching all this stuff before you do it. And you're doing that stuff. You're researching that stuff. You're looking at what everybody else is doing because you are afraid that, you're going to fail if you do it the wrong way. You're going to fail if you don't get all the steps right. But here's the thing about that, right? Nobody gets all the steps right. There is no one size fits all in this world. You have to go out there and be prepared to fail if you do. But the faster you take your first step to go out there, even if it's going to be a failure, understand that failure is a part of the process. Understand that failure is something that you learn from. And understand that not every time that you do it, you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to have great success. And you can learn from that as well. But I think part of the research says that you learn more from failure than you do success. So we need to have that mindset, especially if we're going to learn more from that failure, is we need to have that mindset that we should go out there even if we think we might fail and we should just go out there and do it. 
We should just go out there and get it done and see what happens. See what the market tells us, right? See what the world tells us, right? See what the universe tells us about whatever that thing is that we're putting out there. So lastly, let me bring it back around to those skipping rhymes, you know, that I was singing in the intro, right? Remember when you were first learning how to jump or skip rope? You know, you had your two friends who were on the end and they were flipping this rope around and around in a circle and you were just watching, waiting to go in, right? You were watching as the rope went up, the rope went down, and you were just waiting for your time to jump in, right? And you're on the side, just waiting. Your shoulders are leaning in and out now because you got the rhythm of the rope. And you're like, okay, when is it my time to jump in? When is it my time to jump in? When is it my time to jump in? You're keeping your eye on the rope. When is it my time to jump in? And you jump in, right? And what happens? You either jump on the rope, now you got to do it all over again, right? Or you got in there, right? But your feet weren't planted or you didn't pick up your feet fast enough when that rope came back around. So you got to do it again, right? Or you got in and you started jumping and it just worked, right? You got the rhythm, you got the beat. You were just jumping with the rope as it goes round and around, and you were just doing your thing with that skip rope. And the other part of that, even if you jump in and it was a great success, guess what? At some point, your friend's hands are going to get tired. Your feet are going to get tired. <laughs> like something is going to have to stop. But the point of it is, is that you jumped in and you either failed and then you did it again. And you did it again and again and again until you learned how to jump in that rope the right way. Or you jumped in and it was a success. But then at some point it stopped, but you learn, hey, okay, now I know this is the way that you're supposed to jump in when you're jumping in that skip rope, right? And you, the faster you jumped in, the faster you got to the fun, the faster you got to be like, ooh, I did it, right? I'm just jumping in that skipping rope now, right? Teddy bear, teddy bear, turn around. Teddy bear, teddy bear, touch the ground, right? Then you started getting fancy and you started doing tricks, dropping stuff on the ground, you know, doing that double dutch. I could never do double dutch, y'all. <laughs> but, you know, you learn how to do double dutch. You learn how to be picking stuff up. You learn how to jump in. You learn how to jump out. You learn how to do all that other stuff. But the reason that you learn how to do it is because you decided that if you jumped in the first time, you either were going to fail or you were going to keep moving. So you failed fast, you learned fast, and then you kept it moving. So imagine that thing that you are aspiring to do in your life right now whether it's writing a book, whether it's starting a business, you know, whether it's being an actor or an actress, going out there and being a singer. Imagine that it's like that time when you were a kid and you were learning how to jump rope and you were waiting for your time to get and you were leaning in. As the rope comes in, you're leaning in and leaning out, leaning in and leaning out. And then you just close your eyes, if you close your eyes, and you jumped in and it was okay. It was okay if you stepped on the rope. It was okay if you didn't jump fast enough when that rope came back around. It was okay if, if you were too close to the line, if you were too close to one friend and you got caught up in the rope. Because what happened? You can start that jump rope over again and go again. And that's what I want you to do with this thing that you're going after in life. Just jump in, right? Learn fast, fail fast. Jump in. Because the point is, you jump in. The faster you jump in, the faster you can say, okay, this is working, right? Or okay. 
this is not working. <laughs> I need to do something else. But you don't learn that while you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for everything to align and waiting for everything to be perfect before you just jump your butt in. So that's what I'm telling you today. Fail fast, learn fast. That's the mindset that you need to have. Jump your butt in that skipping rope. Jump your butt in the game. It's no use in sitting out here waiting for things to align, waiting for things to be perfect. Because the thing is, you can go in and if you fail, you know what you can do? You can dust yourself off, learn from whatever that failure was, and keep moving forward. I feel like that's, <laughs> and it's right around graduation time. I feel like that's the graduation speech that everybody is hearing right now in this time. <laughs> Keep moving forward. I feel like I've heard that at like so many graduations, but that it's the truth. It's the truth. It really is. Keep moving forward. Learn fast, fail fast. That's my spill for this week, okay? So it's not a DTA podcast if you don't hear the quote of the podcast. And the quote of the podcast this week is growth and consent. Do not coexist. And this is from Gini Ramadi. I hope I said her name right. Gini Ramadi. Growth and comfort do not coexist. And here's my twist of the podcast quote. Failure and learning can coexist to birth the success that's inside of you. Okay? Failure and learning can coexist to birth the success that's inside of you. And I know it's in there. I know you guys are ready to drop your aspiring acts. And I'm telling you, you need to start changing your mindset, changing those things that you believe about failure, faith over failure. Like last week, faith over failure. And this week, it's fail fast, learn fast. Okay? Next episode is all about quit failing backwards. <laughs> because if you're not failing forwards you're failing backwards so make sure you tune in for the next episode on how to stop failing backwards because guess what if you're not failing forward you're definitely failing backwards you'll hear more about it in the next episode all right you guys talk to you soon you have been listening to another episode of drop the aspiring act if you're looking for more information on this podcast and other episodes please visit queenbaygoals.com Thank you.